coming up on today's episode of the Hey Girlfriend podcast. I think we just have to get to the place of being comfortable with sharing our feelings, girlfriends. I think a lot of us may have not been comfortable with that before because we never had a, a, any safe spaces to do it. And not just the toxic relationships, but even maybe in our upbringing, we just never had no one to really hear us, to really see us. And that's how I feel like you can sabotage it because you're afraid of that component of it. No one just ever really seemed to give a fuck about how I felt. And that would break me down. And so when it came time for me to say how I felt in my healthy relationship, I would instantly break down or get very defensive or just get like that fight or flight mode. Like, what's the point of me saying how I feel? He's not going to care. And so the more you see someone healthy slowly starts to actually give a damn about how you feel and actually honors how you feel, the more you start to thrive, the more you start to open up, the more you realize that it's safe. And the more you're moved from that space of sabotaging. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there's someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable Hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey, from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey girlfriend, it's your girl Kendall D back with the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Today's well, I'm your host, mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D. I guess I'm just getting a little too excited to jump right in and start talking about this topic because I recently posted a reel. It was let me see when I posted this reel. A week ago and it did a lot of numbers a lot of people came out it was like I need a podcast on this because I suggested you know what if we do I do a podcast on how it's like to be in your first healthy relationship if you never really had one or you've only had a string of not so good relationships or bad relationship but relationships or even just straight up toxic relationships if that's all you ever know and now you know because we want real love we want healthy love we want a good relationship we want a good partnership we want all of that but it's like we don't know how to go about getting it at least I didn't know and from the looks of the comments a lot of you all didn't know and you're like it's like you're trying to get yourself used to this new space so I can definitely understand how it's hard. And I want to talk about my own journey with being in the first healthy relationship, which is now my marriage and how it was at first. I talked about that already a little bit on sis. Sometimes we're the problem on that episode. I'm just realizing that I sound a little hoarse. <laughs> I done been to two parties, y'all. I went to one to celebrate one of my longtime friends birthday on Friday and we was shouting over the music at the restaurant 
and trying to talk and catch up and you know we girls we love to talk and then i went i just got back from a party today of another long time friend and so yeah i just catch up with some people well my other long time friend i've talked to her a lot but the one that i met up with today um I haven't seen her in so long, so I decided to go to the house party for her birthday in an ugly Christmas sweater. I didn't have one. This is what I had on, and this is what I look like. I look cute. You can see my Get Ready With Me on my, um, <laughs> that girl Kendall D page. It'll be posted. I'll be doing a lot, a lot of personal, my personal stuff. I want y'all to know me personally as well, like the, the fun stuff, not always just the deep relationship shit. But I'm multifaceted. I can do both. So yeah, that's why I'm a little hoarse. I'm just realizing that I'm really talking for long periods of time and I'm and it's quiet and I hear myself. I'm like, I sound really deep right now. Maybe it'll sound good on this podcast, hear my voice sound like this. So we're gonna see. But <laughs> but yeah, here is the reel that I post. I'm gonna share it here in case you didn't see it, so you can get the gist of where this podcast is coming from and what I'm talking about. Here it is. And if you are listening to, um, if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, I highly suggest you watch my YouTube videos. But if not, it's okay. You can listen. Some people rather listen instead of pulling up YouTube. The video is basically, I wrote the caption on there. When a man values you for the first time and you're used to only being desire, desired and love bombed. And, you know, the music goes, you know, it's a Summer Walker song. This goes, tell me what you see in me, you know, because you're like trying to figure out what are you seeing me to actually like me. And I don't feel all anxious like I got to chase you or earn your love. Like, what's going on? Because it's like a culture shock to our bodies and our nervous system. when We're not used to that. And so I'm going to get into... I suppose I want to read some of these comments because I'm going to talk about each comment that people left and use that as the basis of me going into me, me talking about how it is being your first healthy relationship because I don't want to miss a thing on this. It's, I got a lot of good stuff I want to talk about and I just don't want to miss anything. Um, and so all of this is going to be basically about how to know when something is good for you, how to learn to regulate your nervous system. How to not sabotage your first healthy relationship, although you may do that and not try to. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about all of that and just know that it's okay for you to be still trying to learn how to be in a first healthy relationship. It's not like something you just jump in and like, okay, everything's great, we're great. No, especially with you having to deal with the triggers that come from even being with a healthy person because you're going to be triggered if you have a lot of unhealed trauma a lot of things from your childhood a lot of things you're still working through your first healthy relationship you're used to only bad relationships oh you're going to be triggered but that doesn't always mean that it's coming from a bad place something that i think we have to get used to realizing is that the healthy person means as well we can actually let we can actually kind of be a little vulnerable with them although it may be scary and it's because we're so used to being in those bad relationships to where they were the problem and you know we could and it's hard for them to be trying to say that we're the problem when we know for sure that they were the problem in that relationship and so now you're in a healthy one and it's like okay so i'm the problem this time I can't be trying. They can't be right. They can't be true. And it's like it makes you feel like it makes you feel 
I'm comfortable to say the least, but it makes you feel like, can I trust that I'm the problem and that they're not the problem and that I'm just being gaslit or that it's a red flag or that I'm being, you know, you, it's hard to trust that is what I'm trying to say because it's like, okay, so the lens is on me now. Am I wrong for how I'm reacting or is it you? And it's hard to differentiate between that. It's hard for you to tell, like, is it okay for me to work on myself now? Am I the one that needs to be worked on or is it them? It's kind of like that Aaliyah song, We Need a Resolution. Because I don't think people realize in that song, she's basically saying, like, who should be hurt? Who should be the one to blame? Like, am I supposed to change? Are you supposed to change? Who should be hurt? Who sh it's, it's like, I didn't know it back then. I was just singing and I loved the video and loved her. And But as I listened to it with older ears, I'm like, God damn. It's really, that's really real. That's some really real shit. She's really saying, like, who is to blame here? Like, am I supposed to change? Are you supposed to change? And that can be hard to be met with in this situation. Because if you feel like it's you that has to change, it's like, oh, no, no, no. You, no. I'm never the one to have to change. I've always been in these bad relationships. It's you. You know? I don't say my, I don't say enough on that. Let me move on. Because I can just sit here and talk about that little piece all long, all day long. Because I'm like, that's the hard part. And it's like... Something else I want to mention before I get to these comments because it's like someone posted um, on my personal Facebook something about like men have the same complaint about women not holding themselves accountable. And I'm like, at first I was not triggered. At first I was ready to say, well, first of all, it's the man. You know, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me calm down and come from a more mature psychological point of view because it's true. But also at the same time, it is so important for a woman, anyone, to have a safe space to be able to hold themselves accountable. If he's always just pointing the finger, pointing out your problems, criticizing you, talking down on you, you know, that's not a safe space. Who's going to hold themselves accountable in that space? If someone, if, if someone's not emotionally available and just not open and vulnerable with you and caring and considerate and, and you know, letting you know it's okay that, you know, to change and to work on your impatient with you, if they're not doing that, no, they're not going to get accountability. And when she said that, I seen a lot of men saying, you know, oh, I'm so glad a woman's saying this. And, oh, they just need to be accountable. They just need to do it. I don't understand why. You know, it was just so, I, it was proving my point. I don't, I'm not the type to go comment on each thing. Like, that's the, you know, I'm not doing it. I just said my piece. And uh, surprisingly, a lot of women agreed. Even the original poster, she said, yeah, I had that issue with being, being able to have someone that was emotionally mature to be with me. And I'm like, it's not that we don't want to hold ourselves accountable accountability is not something that's just the easiest to do you actually have to have a safe space especially if it's some things that you've been dealing with forever unhealed trauma old childhood wounds all of that old stuff that you know is still really unhealed and you got somebody now coming in pointing their finger at you like tell it shouldn't be no tit for tat it should be no back and forth it should just be holding space i see you and i hear you and i'm patient with you so that is basically the grounds of what's needed to have accountability. And it can still take time when you're in that new space to realize, okay, you know, I got somebody that actually loves me, is actually patient, they actually want to work with me. 
let me look at myself and let me do some work. It's like you're feeling safe. Like you're coming, like the inner one of the child's coming out, like, oh, it's safe. I can, I can actually, you know, come out and, and be nurtured and, and be cared for and I can change. So that's the first thing. We definitely need that healthy, safe space. So I want to get into these comments before I move on to some other things before I get too off track. Because these comments, y'all, y'all were lit. Y'all, my girlfriends be the truth. I don't care what nobody say. Like, I have the best followers. That's why I call y'all my girlfriends. I don't like saying followers because I don't want to look at it like, oh, you know, follow me. It's not really like that. It's just a community. And so we're all together. It's nobody following anyone. It's just like we're all community. Yeah. And y'all are the best. So one comment comes from, I'm not going to, well, I guess I could say the name, but I'll post it on the screen, but I'm just going to read it. If it sounds familiar, then you're like, yeah, that's me. That's you. I'm going to probably read just about all of these. And then I'm going to kind of explain and, and I'm going to kind of explain about it and give my tidbit on it. So this one that, that was pinned at the top said, she was like this, all of this. It's so weird. It's so foreign and it's super easy to sabotage. You just don't know. What to do with yourself. Your nervous system is running on one million trying to figure out what's wrong with it. It takes a while to settle down into the feelings. And even then, your motor gets to running. Right there. I had to pin it because I'm like, that's exactly what it is. It's like your nervous system is not used to just feeling calm. Your nervous system is not used to... It's used to always being in like that fight or flight mode. It's used to always defending itself. It's used to always feeling like someone's trying to hurt them. It's used to earning love. It's used to that anxious feeling. And so when someone is just calm, you're like, what the hell? And it's just hard. It, you'll be all over the place and your feelings will be all over the place. You may even, you know, have a little codependency, even a little insecurity and I hate how men just, like, criticize women for that. And it's like, I'm going to tell you now, ladies, that man is not for you. I'm not saying that, oh, it's okay, keep being codependent, keep it. It's no. What it takes is a certain level of empathy and understanding and patience. And so I really am grateful that the man I've met, he had the patience. Now, in the beginning, it was it was fine. But as you know, we got deeper into it, and he, by that time we were in a relationship, and he fell for me. We fell for each other. We had some moments, but I think what helped him through it to realize that I'm worth working for, and worth keeping, and worth being patient for is that he saw my goodness. He saw through all of it. So I'm telling you, all of you, even beneath all the the you know um, nervous system dysregulation. Um, the inner one that child, your triggers, all of that, even beneath all of that, it's still you. You're still there. You're still a good person at the core. It is okay that you got a past and you're still trying to work through it. It's okay that you don't have all your healing done because you can't do it all on your own. You cannot heal your full self on your own. All this, you got to be healed before getting into a relationship. You can heal as much as you can on your own, meaning you know your standards, you know your worth, you know what you want and don't want, you know what you will and won't stand for, you know you have boundaries, all of that. But to actually test all that out in a healthy space, it's it's easier said than done, but it can be done. I don't like saying easier said than done. It's 
it's not something that should go without having empathy. And so if a man, I don't like when men try to, you know, make women feel wrong for that. That's why I said my tip on that post I was talking about, about how men say women don't hold themselves accountable. Y'all are not patient or empathetic enough, and y'all will never understand. And for that, you're never going to find a woman because everybody you meet, every woman you meet is going to have some type of baggage. It's going to have something that happened to her. It's going to have some wounds that are not healing. Even men have this shit, but they act like, you know, that they're perfect. Like, no, you got to be patient. Just like you want somebody to be patient with you. And it kind of reminds me of how it, it, it's like a full, full circle moment for me. Because I remember how patient I was with my ex in my last relationship. And how I saw beneath all of the ways he was acting. You know, how he was treating me. All the cheating. All the women he would talk to and mess around with, all the babies he had, baby mamas, all that. I seen beneath all of that. And I knew that he was just a wounded person that just have never had anything real, had a bad childhood. I knew all that. And I seen the goodness in him that he was a good person. Now, some can say, yeah, you're wrong for doing that. You can't do that. I wouldn't have stayed as long. The new me wouldn't have stayed as long. I probably even went that way because he was just a love bomber. But I don't regret it. Because we're all going to have to be seen someday. It's just I know that he had the choice to either change and realize that someone is genuinely loving them and realize that they're hurting someone that genuinely loves them and try to work and change that. Or you can stay the same. And he decided to stay the same. And it's like the same could be said for me. Like I had to have someone be patient for me, be patient with me. And it's like and it helped me to realize that I need to hold myself more accountable and there's some things that's unhealed that I need to kind of work through that I didn't realize that all this is bringing up. And I was so dysregulated. My nervousness was just all over the place. And I had to slowly reel that in and calm it down by him being just patient with me. So I want to get to another comment. Everyone's saying like, yes, please do an episode on it. And let's see. This one says, this is so true. I'm with someone now and it's going slowly and I don't have all these crazy butterflies. So it's easy to get in my head that we have no chemistry. So I'm trying to stay engaged and let things fold. I guess let things unfold slowly and naturally. And then someone coming at this, just experienced this last night. He just held me, not trying to sleep with me sexually, just held me. I'm in my head wondering if he likes me. But we are new. He moving slowly. First time for me. I keep telling myself, just chill. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. This. Uh, y'all, if y'all have listened to my other podcast before, then you know that there were no butterflies when I met my husband. But I liked him. It was the strangest feeling in the world. Because I'm like, I'm used to it. We're used to it. Women like us, we're used to it. We're used to being love bomb. We're used to it moving fast. We're used to feeling anxious. We're used to feeling excited because we're hoping that they like us. And where they they slowly are being inconsistent in the beginning. Like maybe calling every now and then. And then you're jumping and dropping everything to go hang out with them. And it's like your emotion, your emotions are all over the place. Because they're making them that way. Their inconsistency. And then they're hitting you with the, oh, you're the one for me. Oh, I like you. And this and that. 
you know, all of that and you're feeling all of these butterflies. And usually it's the sweet talkers, the people that are really being all the future speaking and telling you all that you want to hear. And you're just like, oh, my God, your heart beating out your chest because you're so excited. Like, this is it. And, yeah, it never hardly works out. All that sweet talk, future fake, and telling you I can see myself with you and all this. Quit telling me you can see yourself with me and just show me. That's That started to be my motto, and that's what I started appreciating more. Now, I can say that, but in the same breath, I can say when I started like experiencing it, my nervousness was like, what the hell going on? What is this? Why we ain't excited? Where are the butterflies? Why you ain't anxious? And it's because this is a healthy person that's actually moving slow. I, something that we have to realize is that relationships have to move slowly, especially in the beginning. You have to give it time to grow because you're trying to make sure that you genuinely like them. And they're trying to make sure they genuinely like you as well. And it's just letting it build and grow. And so you have to just settle into that. And what helped me is I started pointing out the things that I liked Instead of, you know, looking for the excitement or the butterflies, I sat back and I started thinking more logically. Like, okay, I like that he likes that. I like that about him. I like that he's honest. He seems so genuine. He seems so transparent. I like that it's an easy conversation. I like, you know, I had to realize that, okay, I like him. But I was like, where are the butterflies? And... I don't know what made me not run or sabotage it or just like, there's no chemistry. I don't like you. I don't know. But I, you know what? I do know. I take it back. I do remember now. I feel like because I declared out loud right before meeting him, you know, what I really, really wanted and what was really important to me. And so I came in with that mindset of what I've already prayed for, what I've already said out loud. Like, I just want someone to treat me right. I want someone that's genuine. I want someone that's, you know, I started really saying what was most important and not all that sweet talk, not all that, you know, oh, he got to look like the best thing in the world. Oh, you know, the traction has to be there, but I stopped looking at, oh, he has to be a certain height, a certain build. He has to this and that. You know, I stopped looking at all that little shit. And I remember just really, really saying that what I wanted and what was most important to me. And so when I got myself on that level, it was easy to spot, easier to spot, I would say. And that's why with him, I was like, okay, I remember saying this is what I want and he's showing it to me. But why? I like I didn't understand then why there were no butterflies. I understand now why there weren't because it was just a slowly progressing thing. He was not making me anxious. He was not making me wonder, oh, does he like me? I hope he likes me. He was showing me. And so it was just, I was just regulated. It was a, and looking back now, I realized it was a good feeling. I remember even the first kiss, I was, I, it felt nice. It was, it was nice, but it was no like, <laughs> like I don't know butterfly feeling it was just like I like it that's all I can say and so what you do is like I said you just try to 
try to journal or say out loud what it is you really want and what's most important to you. I said that I got tired of the guys that was treating me this way and that way, making me anxious, the guys that was inconsistent, the guys that was just emotional and unavailable. I'm tired of guys not following through. I was just saying what I was tired of and I'm saying I want someone like this. And so it's like saying it out loud, either write it out or say it straight up out loud what you want and what you're ready for. And so therefore when you see it, you can start using that checklist like, okay, I did say I want that check. I did say I want that. He's doing that. I like that. I like that. I like that. So that can help with that. Um, someone else said, I think this man might be my first healthy relationship and I'm not used to this kind of treatment at all. I don't know why I feel so overwhelmed. The overwhelmed feeling is because it's the nervous system going all over the place trying to figure out what is going on. And it's you and your mind trying to figure out what's going on because it's like you may be scared that you may be hurt again. You may be wondering why you don't feel butterflies. You may be wondering if this person is going to hurt you, break your heart. And then it's also you may be wondering, are they really genuine? Like you're used to people being one way and then flipping on you. And so now you have someone that's genuine and you're wondering, are they really this nice? Like, is this for real? And you're, and you're overwhelmed with trying to figure that part out. But what helped me with the overwhelming feelings is that I learned by then, by the time I met my husband and started dating him, I had learned by then to just really stay grounded within me. Really have my own back. Like, it's almost like it was two of me, if that makes sense. It was like the me that you see, that he saw, like dating... And then the other me, like, uh, the other me on my shoulder was, like, guiding me. It was like, okay, you got to be careful with that. Remember how that went. It's like a little voice in my head. Like, okay, check for this. Make sure it's that. Make sure he's not doing that. Check and make, like, I remember I even had a checklist of things in my head that I would just do. Not They weren't really deal breakers, but it was like a checklist. Like, I remember he did a sexual in the window on the first date. And I just looked at him, and in my head I was like, check. So that's what I'm saying. I'm staying grounded, so I'm not feeling so overwhelmed. I'm still having my back, and I'm like, like we like self talk. Like we got this. Like okay, nope, that may be he just may be all about sex. Watch that, you know. And it's like I'm still there, and I'm listening to you, but I'm like, okay, watch that. It's like you're studying them and getting to know them. That's how you're supposed to be doing. And so I was just after he did that, I watched to see how his actions were. And I knew there were going to be no dates at the house anytime soon because I'm like, after that, I need to make sure that you're not all about sex. And he wasn't. Come to find out, he is just the type to tell little corny jokes like that. He still do to this day, y'all. It's been seven years. He still do little jokes like that. It's just his personality. And I was just like, and after I seen that he wasn't about that, I started, you know, I felt comfortable going there with him to have sex. <laughs> I felt like, okay, he's not all about that. So I can try that with him and know that's not all he's after, if that makes sense. So you have to stay grounded in yourself. And this is why it's important to have that list and know what you want. And not saying you're not going to be overwhelmed at all. But when you start feeling it, just if you have to write it out, journal it out. Talk to yourself. Have that little voice saying, okay, let me make sure this is right. I'm going to check for this. I'm going to keep watching for this. Let me see how he acts 
when this happens. Let me, you know, you're just watching and you're learning and you're talking. You're not just jumping the gun right away unless there's a straight up deal breaker or something just disrespectful flat out that's happened. But you're just taking your time and you're getting to know them. When you take your time, it eases the overwhelming feelings, I would say. Let's see, what else? Some people saying it was out of their comfort zone, for sure. And then someone said, so glad I read this. I'm used to the strong chemistry, intense feelings. Then poof, inconsistent, distant, and me feeling anxious. Yes. New guy, consistent, respectful, emotionally available. Painted my kitchen, laugh out loud. I don't know what to do. And I wonder if I like him because I'm not anxious and afraid. And yes, ma'am. You do like him. Think about it like this. You have to think about it from a more logical standpoint and not just with your nervous system. Think of it from a way of like, do I want the man do I want a man that's all these things I just listed? And if the answer is yes, then yes, you like him. And so you just have to realize that if he's not making you feel anxious, that's why you don't have that butterfly feeling. That's why you don't have that nervous feeling. Because he's consistent. And so you have to just let yourself continue to get to know them and your nervous system will get used to someone being you know everything that you deserve and want and so if those are all the things that you want in someone all the things you listed like consistent respectful emotionally available and painted your kitchen did the night stuff for you and all of that if he's doing all of that you're wondering you if you like him i would say you do <laughs> you just got to understand that what you were feeling before probably was never really love. That's something else I want to talk about. Actually, I'm going to go into that now because I think those are all the comments I'm going to read. Everyone was just saying, yes, please. Um, people don't talk about the first healthy relationship enough. And yes, please. I've moved really quickly in previous relationships, whether or not it was me just getting caught up in the fact that someone was just that into me or being a victim of love bombing. I don't know what a healthy relationship feels like. Definitely a culture shock. I'm having a hard time with accepting niceness or gentleness from friends and people in general. I know it's because of what I went through. It's hard. And it's taken me a minute to adjust to it as well. I keep telling him I think he's crazy. Everyone is saying, like, everyone feels the same way. Like, I just don't know. Like, this is different. It's just like it's what we've always wanted. But now that you have it, and it's like, the hell? But yeah, I'm, I'm going to read my actual caption because I may read it. I may have already said this stuff. But yeah, so what I was going to say, you know how a lot of times what happened with us is that we think it's love just because someone is showing us attention. Someone is sweet talking to us. Someone may be love bombing us. And we think they're really into us when they're doing all of that. So it feels good. And it feels, and it's like, they're telling you what you want to hear. And it's because you probably have never really heard things like that before. If your self-esteem and self-worth have suffered, or even if you've just never really been in a real relationship, or if you've never just had anyone into you or interested in you, like you can have high self-worth and still get caught up in love bum because they know what they're doing. It's a manipulation tactic. And so when you're getting caught up in that, you're thinking it's love. And then when they start being inconsistent, you start to kind of long for them. And that longing feeling can make it feel like that it's love, but it's really not. It's really just you 
wanting that back. That intermittent behavior is what's causing you to become addicted and causing you to feel like, okay, I love this person. And so that alone can make you feel like, okay, I thought this was love. And then when you have someone come along that is actually being genuine and consistent and there's no chase, there's no wondering if this is going to be, if this is going to work out. There's no wondering if they like me. It's no, it's none of that. And so when you don't have that, you feel like, okay, is this love? Because what I'm used to feeling is love is this, not this. And yeah, that's that's something that I had to get used to understanding that love is actually common and it doesn't have to be those anxious feelings that you have before or where you were longing for someone or chasing someone or trying to earn their love or trying to make them be emotionally available. You know, when you're used to just doing all of that because she's like, I need you to love me. I need you to act right. And it's like this feeling of just like, I don't see you a lot. And now when you're seeing them, you're just, oh, so excited. And I think some men know what the hell they're doing when they do this. They know that they can be all in and pull it all and then pull it all away to make you feel like, oh, I need it back and make you feel like you're in love with them. And I think men that are very insecure and don't know how to just present themselves as a full person a real, genuine, authentic person, they do that. And it's like their way of getting the love that they never had. It's like their way of trying to control you and your emotions. And it's more than likely because they didn't have a lot of control over their emotions, over someone caring from them back in the day. Maybe as a caregiver, a parent, grandparent, someone, whoever that was in their life, they may have felt like, you know, I don't really have the control here and I'm they're inconsistent and I'm wondering how they're going to, you know, make me feel. I'm wondering, you know, I'm begging for their love. And so now that they're older, they're trying to control that. And the way they control it is by pulling away and the inconsistent and being avoided. It's like, okay, you're not going to get the upper hand on me no more. You're not going to control my emotions. I'm going to control yours. So a lot of men know what they're doing and they're doing it purposely. And a lot of men know that they're doing that but don't know why they're doing that and we don't know why we're falling for it but it's probably for the same reasons that they have we're both wounded in that same way and so when you're wounded in that same way that's all you're going to see i'm not going to say that's all you're going to attract because you attract all types but that's what you're going to fall for which leads me into of course why you're falling for that is because that's what you're used to and that's what feels right that's what feels like love and so, yeah, when you get with someone that's healthy and it's so different, you're like, is this what love feels like? Especially if you never felt it, you never experienced it, not even in your childhood. You don't know what it feels like. And so it's going to feel foreign to you and you're not and you're, you may sabotage it. You may not without even trying. So let's get into how to not sabotage it or how to. Try not to sabotage it or how to bounce back if you do sabotage it. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm just going to be real because you may sabotage it. I know I probably did a few times, but I feel like what really, really, really helped me to not just run him straight off was that once I realized how I was acting and him acting so calm and him being so different and him not... You know, just down talking me, criticizing me or trying to deliberately hurt me. 
it made me check how I was responding and acting. And I'm like, okay, you're the calm one here and I'm acting a damn fool. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sabotaging this. What the hell? And so it's like that, that, that dynamic of like, if it's two toxic people together, y'all both want each other head. Oh, ain't nobody changing because it's like, it's too many pointing fingers. When you got at least one individual that's like, no, that's not how we do that. I, I never forget my husband told me in the beginning, he was like, and I said something loud and I kind of said it went off of him. He's like, whoa, whoa, we don't raise our voice at each other. And I was just like, Damn, he got me being the bad guy now. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. So now I got to change how I talk. That's just one example. But what really helps you to not, what really helps you to bounce back from sabotage, because I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, you may sabotage it a little bit or maybe a lot of it, but you can bounce back if you got someone patient. But what helped is if you be really, really vulnerable, you may be like, damn, that sounds hard. I want to tell you this, being vulnerable is yours. A lot of people, especially a lot of women feel like that them being vulnerable is what caused them hurt or pain in the, in other relationships because they were too open or they were just laying themselves all out. No, that was never the problem. The problem was that someone didn't cherish it and they weren't ready for that because you may have been trying to be vulnerable to get them to be vulnerable. You may have been trying to be vulnerable to get them to be emotionally available. You may have been trying to be open and, and all of that because it's like you really was wanting them to see you and you were trying, you was transactional. And so whenever you use your vulnerability, it's like it's a transaction, like you're supposed to get something in return for it. You're going to probably get hurt from that. So I want you to treat your vulnerability like it's yours. And so in this sense, what I'm saying is that if you feel like you've sabotaged it, or if you feel like you will, or you have, whatever it is, anything to do with sabotage, or you messed up, be really real with him and say, you know what? Because this is where accountability comes in. And just be really real and say, I, I'm acting this way because I realize it's from this or that. Or maybe you could say, like, in my childhood, I dealt with that. Or in my last relationship, I dealt with that. I apologize if I'm doing it again or, I'm, you know, just bear with me. I'm sorry. It's just you holding yourself accountable, being very vulnerable and very real and transparent about what's going on. And I recall myself doing that a lot. And I think with me doing that instead of just saying, whatever, I don't got to change. It's all you. And just, you know, doing that fight response or that flight response, like whatever, I'm leaving you. And I've, you know what? I've actually done the fight or flight response. And then I would come around and I'll just be really real and be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I just felt like this in that moment. And I just felt like that and this and that. You know, when you really be real, whatever it is that's going on, if this is a safe person for you and you know that they haven't given you any reason to feel unsafe, they have not, excuse me, they have not made you feel nervous, anxious or any of that. They have not gaslit you. You can be open. It's safe to be open and vulnerable because while your vulnerability is yours and it's not something to be used as, as transaction, it is something that you have to be careful with who you share it with. And actually, you know, if you feel like you have to be careful with sharing it with that person, you may have not gotten to know that person long enough, or they may not have shown you that they're a safe space. And so in that case, that's not something you want to be with. 
you always want to be able to feel like you're safe to be vulnerable always that's what makes the relationship healthy that's what makes it grow that's what makes it work that's what makes it feel deep that's what builds the connection it's like because you're going to get triggered and you're going to go through things with each other. You're going to have fights. You're going to sometimes sabotage. You're going to have your fight or flight response kick in and make you want to fight them and go off on them and be angry or make you want to just run and say, I'm done with this relationship. I'm leaving. You're going to have those feelings. But it's when you calm down and especially if they're being calm and you realize where you went wrong and you come back and you just be straight up vulnerable and then you grow from that. If you have someone that's patient with that and know and see the real you and know that you're a good person to get down, they're patient, then yeah. And I'm going to admit that you might, I don't want to say run away someone. You It might not work out with someone, even if they've been patient and you didn't maybe, you know, grow through it enough. I don't want you to down yourself. I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I don't even want you to really blame yourself. Try to have compassion here and realize that you did your best and then realize where you went wrong and then take that growth and bring it into the next relationship. And then you just grow a little more and a little more because sometimes the relationships don't last. Sometimes someone can be patient, but not patient as long as you need to heal. And that is okay. I want you to look at relationships as like experiences and stop looking at it. It's like it's your end all be all or that you really you know, it's okay to want it, but I want you to look at it. It's like, it's really just an experience. And sometimes the experiences can last forever. Sometimes they can be short. Wow. It doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means, okay, this was a part of my life. I needed this experience. I'm grateful for this experience. And now I'm going to grow from this and move forward. So look at it like that. But the self-sabotaging and, and all of that, being vulnerable really, really helps. I was actually coaching someone one time. And I don't coach her anymore. I coached her for a while. And then it's like, she kind of grew. And I seen her growth. I love seeing y'all grow. Y'all the bomb. And it's not me. It's y'all. Y'all be y'all be working through it. Like, I'm just here to help guide you. And y'all be getting it. Y'all get it. Y'all be getting it. I love y'all. But anyway, <laughs> so she was in a first healthy relationship. And she didn't really like him at first. I find that that happens a lot. In the healthy relationships, when you you don't like them at first, and then you grow to like them, and I think maybe it's supposed to be like that. Maybe you're supposed to grow and like with someone, but anyway, so she ended up liking him a lot, falling for him, and she was telling me she's like, oh my gosh, I just texted him all of my business. I was being so vulnerable, and I was telling him this and that. He ain't said nothing. It's been almost 24 hours. He ain't said nothing back. Oh, I was so stupid. I shouldn't have said that. And I was like, calm down. You are never wrong for being vulnerable and transparent. You're never wrong for doing it. It's okay. And then come to find out, he ended up responding kind of like the same way. It was beautiful. She was like, oh my gosh. She just said, yeah, I have some this and that things. I want to say all her business. Yeah, I have some things too from my past and that was me and this and that. You know, they're both holding each other accountable, holding themselves accountable. And it's like she was dreading it. Like, oh my God, I was just so vulnerable. I'm selling all my business to him. But I'm like, if you like him and you feel safe with him and, and you're and you're wanting to grow with him, you're going to have to be vulnerable. And you're not wrong. You're never wrong for doing that. And so it worked out for her. And it always works out. Like, that's what helped me, being vulnerable and being, being, it's like you're letting that inner wounded child come out and was like, 
Okay, somebody sees me, I need a hug almost. And you're just being vulnerable. And remember, your vulnerability is yours. It's always in your best interest for you to be real, authentic, and vulnerable. Don't look at it as something to get someone to act right. Or don't look at it as something that you're giving to someone, that you're giving away. You're not giving it away. And just because someone, you know, failed to honor it or failed to meet it, that doesn't mean you were wrong. I can't reiterate that enough. Something else I want to talk about is the self-soothing part. So the self-soothing really helped me a lot and kept me from feeling so overwhelmed and helped me ground it. The self-soothing comes into where whenever you feel yourself getting out of control, and I hope you notice it. Sometimes you don't notice it until later. Whenever you feel yourself, the buildup rising, what you can do is talk to yourself and say, okay, is this person really doing something to hurt me? Is this person really... Um, is something they're doing really affecting me? Is you just can talk to yourself, whatever it is. Is this person, you know, making me feel this way? Like, what's going on? And then once you realize that you've had to talk with yourself, you can go to them and that's when the vulnerability steps in again. You can self soothe your way through it, have a talk with yourself, like, okay, I felt this way because of this. And tell yourself it's going to be okay. You know, I got us, I got you. Like, you talk to your inner child. You're self-suited and you're affirming yourself through it. And then you can bring it to your partner's attention. And when you bring it to their attention like that, however they react is information for you. Meaning that if they're a healthy partner, they're going to probably react in a good way. I've always had good reactions when I came to my partner, like being actually real and vulnerable and just saying how I really felt and saying how he made me feel instead of like going... With that, you know, blaming attitude. When you go to someone with that blaming attitude or accusatory tone and you're accusing them of how you're feeling, which they may be the cause of how you're feeling. But when you go accusing it, it's like you're saying for sure that that's what their intentions were when it may have not been. So instead, what you do is you going to say your feelings, but you go to them in a place from a place of I felt this way when you did this or I felt this way. When you did, when you don't do this, or I feel this way, you know, instead of saying it's your fault, I'm feeling this way, it's your fault. Why do you always do this? It's always you, do you know, instead of going that way, it's like accusing them of something that they may not intentionally be doing. And so they're going to get defensive as anyone would, as you would. And so the key there is just going to a place, coming from a place of like, I just really feel like you don't, you know, want to spend time with me when you are, you know, don't do this or when you're this or that or I just really feel like my feelings don't matter to you when you're late for you know coming home or you're late for our date or you know whatever it is you know I just really feel like this so they can be like oh I didn't know what I was doing making you feel that way let me change it they're not going to say let me change it, but I'm saying that's how it typically works out I looked at some old text messages between me and my husband in the beginning when we were dating and I remember saying, I just feel like this and feel like this, you know, and he was like, well, I apologize. I don't want to make you feel that way. And I remember him just changing it whenever he did. He just changed it right away because he's like, I'm making her feel away. I don't make her feel away. And so I think we just have to get to the place of being comfortable with sharing our feelings, girlfriends. I think a lot of us may have not been comfortable with that before. 
because we never had a, a any safe spaces to do it in. Not just the toxic relationships, but even maybe in our upbringing. We just never had no one to really hear us, to really see us. And so I think that's really the basis of it all. Is That's why it's so hard to be vulnerable and emotionally available. And it's so hard to just have a real conversation and say how you feel with someone. And that's how I feel like you can sabotage it because you're afraid of that component of it. But when you can just be for real and just say how you feel and just be open and honest... That's when everything else starts to slowly change. And that's when you become more alive because you're now not only honoring how you feel, you're speaking it out loud and you're telling someone. I was so afraid to do that because I was like, I always used to having my feelings undermined. I was always used to being talked down on or just acting like they don't care about my feelings, whether it was my caregivers or my exes. No one just ever really seemed to give a fuck about how I felt. And that would break me down. And so when it came time for me to say how I felt in my healthy relationship, I would instantly break down or get very defensive or just get like that fight or flight mode. Like, what's the point of me saying how I feel? He's not going to care. And, you know, all of that. I was just afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to be real. And so when he started wanting me to open up, he didn't say it. But I remember how he would just be so confused. And I'm like, let me just tell him what I'm feeling, what's going on. And so I just say, well, I feel like it's this. And then with him seeing him care about my feelings. So the more you see someone healthy slowly starts to actually give a damn about how you feel and actually honors how you feel, the more you start to thrive, the more you start to open up, the more you realize that it's safe. And the more you move from that space of sabotaging to, okay, it's okay for me to um, be real here. It's okay for me to speak up. It's okay for me to say how I feel. It's okay for me to say what I need. And... That part in the relationship was the best thing that ever happened to me of learning that because I not only learned how to speak up for what I need in relationships, I learned it overall as a person in every aspect of my life. And I'm like, my feelings matter whether they care about it or not. If they don't care about it, that's information for me to know that, okay, they're not for me. They're emotionally unavailable. Let me move on. They don't care about my feelings. I don't care. You know, nope, they're not for me. And I'm going to, that's enough information for me to realize, okay, I need to move on to this. But I very rarely have had that happen, but I know how to do it now. I know how to speak for what I need. And even in my friendships, in my, um, any kind of, in any relationship, anywhere in my life, any aspect of my life, even when I'm at my jobs or work and whatnot, saying, you know, what I need and what's important to me. And I need this instead of asking or being, you know, or just going without or acting like I'm nervous to ask. I can't be assertive. No. What I need matters. And when I, because making him making me feel like that in this relationship, it instantly just helped me overall as a person. So I'm telling you, the growth can be so beautiful in a healthy relationship, your first healthy relationship. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be scary. It's going to be a lot of things. But I really feel the basis of it is the vulnerability. It's just being real about where you came from and what you're going through and what you're trying to heal through and seeing that response. And I'm sure it's going to be a good response because they want the realness. Just like you want realness and authenticity, you know, they respect it too. And so it's like you just start to slowly realize that that's what's going to make this work, that it's safe to do this. And you just start to grow. I promise you. It's like I'm, I'm, I can't get on here and lie and say... Oh, you just do this and this and it's fixed. It's going to take work. But you can do it. It's not hard work. 
Well, you can do tough things. It may be a little difficult, but when you have someone patient and have someone that actually is for you, wants to work with you, someone that is patient, someone that is your safe space, all of that, it'll work. So, I feel like that's all I got on this, girlfriends. I went through, answered all y'all comments, said my own tidbits, said how, what I went through and how I grew through it. I went through everything on here to help you maybe, you know, to be in your first healthy relationship. So, I hope this helped y'all. I hope this, you know, I hope this helped you to look at healthy relationships or yours in a different light and realize it's going to be okay. It is. It's going to be okay. But, that's all I got for this podcast episode, girlfriends. Until the next one, Peace out.